It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Mr. Wyatt McCabin. How you doing, Wyatt? Hey, I'm doing well, Tyler. How about you, brother? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Hang, hanging in there just, uh, just like we're all doing. That's right. That's right. Well, as somebody that knows country music like the back of his hand like you do, I know uh, you got to sit in this chair up here at BZI for about four or five years uh, before I even came along. And if anybody has some good stories and memories, that would be you. Man, I, yeah, I, I, I can't even explain the, the time I had in that chair. It was just, it was, it was priceless. And I, being a kid growing up listening to country music and then getting into music, playing out in the bars and county fairs and all that around the hometown, uh, I was always just ate up with, with, with country music. I always loved to read the, the liner notes on records and i love to just pick songs apart and try to learn solos well me learning the solo is not very good but i tried uh so with all that being said uh getting to sit in that chair and get well build on my base of country music knowledge with I mean, one of the only true encyclopedias I've ever met with country music. That was that was an honor. Yeah, that was that was the man right there. If you if you wanted to know something about country music, uh, all you had to do is was ask Chubby, and and he could give you an answer. Yeah. He he give you an answer, and he give you a story too, as you very well. What know. I loved what I loved most about just his knowledge of it, it wasn't just things that he had read in a book. You know, he wasn't just reading George Jones' biography or autobiography. He was shaking hands with these guys, and he was playing music with these guys. He was right there in the rat race with all these country music stars Mm -hmm. in their heyday. Mm -hmm. And that was what just blew me away every time. It did not matter if he told the same story every time I played a Mel Street record or a Merle Haggard record. It did not matter. Um I wanted to hear that story over and over again. And obviously the listeners did too, because they were right there every Saturday and back then Sundays with us. Mm-hmm. They sure were. And, and I, I agree with you every, every time, uh, you'd hear a story, you could just, you could envision it. You could see it, you know, he, cause he was standing there witnessing that event as it was unfolding, you know, shaking hands and howdying with, with uh, Merle and George or on the bus or, uh, you know, he, he would, he would tell the story from right there, his perspective, what he saw in his eyes. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that. And I'm trying to, I know that we only have so much time, but I'm, as, uh, after you asked me to, to, to call in and tell some stories, uh, I got to kind of running through my memories in my head, kind of going through the filing cabinet, as you'd say, and just thinking back to my earliest memories of Chubby Howard, it was long before I ever even thought about being on the radio. Um, honestly, it was <clears throat> shortly before I even picked up a guitar. I I remember the first time I heard Chubby Howard's name, of course, back in those days, it was classic country radio, and I 
I remember that was the station that was left on the radio in, uh, in old Papaw's garage. In my grandpa's, in my grandpa's garage, and, and me and my grandparents were very close. Uh, they, we lived, we all lived right across the road from one another. So, um, I remember just walking over there and hearing tons of steel guitar as a kid. But fast forward to probably being about thirteen or fourteen years old, uh, my grandpa did everything, did, did, did one thing for us grandkids when we turned 16. And that was, uh, gave us a little cash for a car or helped us, uh, fix up a car or a truck. And when I turned, when, when I was about 14, he said, well, what, what, what am I going to do for you? And he had found, it happened to find a 63 F 100, the little Ford pickup truck. And it was, <laughs> It was in pretty rough shape. <laughs> so we pulled that in the garage, and Chubby Howard was the soundtrack for all those memories. And I remember I, I, I stepped outside real quick because I was going to pull one over on my grandpa, and I, I found the number to Classic Country Radio and I called, and I requested – I always requested old Hank Williams tunes mm-hmm. um, because I was – just very at the beginning stages of learning guitar. And that was, those were the songs I was learning. So I think I requested, uh, I heard that lonesome whistle blowing and Chubby played it and gave a nice little intro. And I was just fascinated by just that, that whole radio thing. It was just so, it was such Chubby Howard was a superstar in, in my eyes and in a lot of people's eyes. He, and it's because he was tied to so many of those great memories. And that was before I actually had the chance to meet him. So it would only get better from there. Um, my first time I met Chubby Howard was at a place called uh, the Lebanon it was, uh, the Lebanon Grand Opera House or, or the Lebanon Opera House okay. uh, in Lebanon, Ohio. And he was in a great band. Uh, Harley Back was playing bass. Tim Lane was playing harmonica, which I took. Uh, from that gig, I took Tim, and we, golly, me and Tim, it, it's just insane how many shows we've played. Um, but I remember Chubby in that band, and it was a great band, a cool little place that was always packed. And I went, <laughs> and shortly before I had got that the phone call for that gig, my parents had found... You're going to get a kick out of this. And you've probably heard Chubby tell the story a million times, but maybe not like this. My parents found a little white suit with, you know, coat, Mm -hmm. nice pants. Yeah. And my my mom uh, cut out little black fabric music notes and and ironed them onto that suit. (laughs) So I had myself a a little makeshift hillbilly uh, Hank Williams suit. And I thought I was, you know, hot snot on a silver platter. Oh, yeah. And so I said, you know, we all got to talk about I'll wear that suit when I go play that Lebanon Opera House. And I hadn't met Chubby until I stepped on stage. I walked up them stairs in that suit, and I got on on stage. And I remember his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was like he saw a ghost or something. I was, you know, this, this little lanky kid that had no business being on stage at 14, 15 years old. Just, phew. Yeah, I I would be cringing if I heard some of those live <laughs> tapes back. But uh, anyway, it was kind of like I I got the nod after that. Yeah. And uh, kind of I was good as gold. And we were we were we were buds at that point. So that that led to me booking county fair shows and, and hiring hiring Chubby and, and a lot of those guys I just mentioned. Um Golly, guys like uh Greg Smith and, and so many there were so many there are so many great pickers around this area. Um and Chubby was like the godfather of them. They yeah. all knew him and, and, and vice versa. He was king of the, um, king Chubby, of the Chubby could put a band together in about five seconds. He could. <laughs> so that, a lot of the radio listeners who only know me from being on the air with Chubby don't really know how far back that, um, I guess, not a crazy timeline, but for me, you know, knowing him from 14 years old to, I think, when I joined Dawn at Real Roots Radio in 2014, I was 19 years old. Wow. And that gig came about just completely out of the blue, clear sky. I, Like I said, I had played gigs with Chubby. I even, I even took him into the studio there in Dayton, a good friend of mine, uh, was in Dayton, Ohio, at a place called ICB, which is a like a broadcasting school that taught audio engineering. Sure. And I, his name's Todd Huffman. He works at the Cuss Auditorium now, um, and and does a lot of like a lot of shows and stuff for me still, and, and, and a lot of other pe- people. He let me come in there and record to kind of help his students learn how to mix and master recordings. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a good little trade-off. You know, I got to go in there and get my feet wet in the studio, and, and they got to get their feet wet working on stuff. And I remember I took Chubby in there and Tim Lane and Harley back, and that was the version of the TV blues that <laughs> that Chubby always used to play, and y'all probably still play it. It's hard telling. Um, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I just... All that to say, I'm rambling on you a little bit, and I apologize. No, you're all right. So many, you're all right. So buddy. many memories. All that to say, I had all that history with Chubby, and we kept up um, for a lot of those years. And I get a call out of, I mean, like out of the blue from Joe Mullins, and I had not had that much interaction with Joe um, at all. I knew who he was, and I was a big fan, um, of course of you know, the radio ramblers and just his work on the radio, his dad, just like, once again, just superstars mm-hmm. in, in my eye. Um, known those names my whole life. He called, and when he asked me, you ever thought about being on the radio? I know you're, you've been friends with Chubby, and I'd love to, to have you come in and maybe sit in with Chubby on the weekends. I thought, oh, my lands, what in the world? am I about to get myself into? First of all, I, I, I thought, there's no way. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> no disrespect, but I do not want to do that because I'm scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Joe 
Joe really stepped out and it's 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 Joe's I'm gonna say it's Joe's fault that me and Chubby went from being friends to best friends. That's right. And that was that's that that'll always be pretty uh I'll always remember that. Never forget it. Um and Chubby <laughs> it, it just golly, man, those weekends. They're priceless memories. That was, kind of, that, that was a crazy time of my life, but I tried to soak it up as much as I could. Of course, a lot of y'all remember I was, I was back and forth the, for those years. I was, I would get off the air on Sundays and drive to Nashville and write that whole week mm-hmm. and get back late Friday night and get up uh, Saturday morning and, and be on the radio with Chubby. So, but all that to be said, I, I wouldn't trade those years for anything. That's and right. Something that something that comes to mind two stories in particular i'll tell you how much chubby howard loved to be on the radio uh i'm looking outside the window right now at a bunch of snow that that tennessee is not used to but ohio is used to the snow and the cold and the weather in the winter yep well (laughs) back in those days uh of me and chubby on the radio there was there was one weekend where it, I mean, it was ice and snow. It was about as bad as it could be <clears throat> to where you couldn't, I was nervous to come in, let alone, you know, Chubby was still driving. He's driving that dang Lincoln that was like a boat. You know, if it <laughs> yeah. hit a patch of ice, it, it just, who knows what could happen. Well, one day it did happen. He was on 73, and he got sideways out there in front of the Silver Spur in Waynesville on his way into work. I got to the station about 8, which was really early for me. I usually got there about 8.59 and went on at (laughs) 9. Well, when I got there at 8 and realized Cubby wasn't there, he usually got there about 7.30, 7.45, maybe even earlier than that. I thought, oh, man, something. Something might be wrong. So I tried to call him, and I didn't get any answer. And it was creeping up to that 9 o'clock mark. And this is funny now. It wasn't funny then. Yeah. Um, It was creeping up to that 9 o'clock mark, and no chubby to be found. Tried to call him, and it was about 9.30. I get a call from chubby on that little old blue flip phone he had. (laughs) And he said, what? He sounded great. He sounded like his normal self. Yeah. Why? I'll be in there in a little bit. Just got a little fender bender. And he hung up. I did, didn't even give me no chance to say nothing. I thought, oh, man. Daggone it. That's, that's frustrating. A little fender bender. Daggone yep. it. Yep. So I kept doing the show. And about 10 o'clock, Tony calls me. His, his son, Tony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, what? I don't know if you've heard from Dad. And I said, yeah. I, 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 Chubby called me just a little bit ago to say he'd be here in a little bit. And Tony paused. He said, he said he'd be in there in a little bit. I said, yeah, that's what he said. He said, why? They just care-flighted him to Miami Valley Hospital. He got T-boned on 73, and he, he might have internal bleeding. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that guy wanted to be on the radio. Man. He he was he ready played. to come to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
everybody knows he kept that old steel guitar in his trunk all yep. them years. Yep. It bent every rod. It about bent that thing in half when he got hit. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonder he was about 92 or 93 years old at that time. It, it's a wonder he made it. But you talk about a tough old guy that just loved to do what he did. Now, I think I remember, I think I remember a little more to this story. Uh, didn't you and Daniel go see him in the hospital, and he was not happy to be there? No, absolutely not. And I think that, well, that was a Saturday, and he was wanting to be on the air on Sunday. Yeah. He said, I got to get out of here. Just, it was, it just always made me smile. It's that old saying, and, and Chubby lived his whole life this way. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's None of right. this was work. It's not, uh, tuning up a steel guitar and playing a gig for, golly, he used to come here to Nashville and play four or five-hour gigs. Yep. Just down in the heart of it where people think of Broadway and Nashville, that, that can go from fun to not fun in about a week worth of playing those gigs. Mm-hmm. When you're playing for four hours, five hours, for, man, it is just, that is that is hard. I, I doubt he ever didn't have a smile on his face. He just loved to, he loved to do what he did. You're right. You're absolutely right. He he loved to jump in the car, didn't matter where it was. He'd, he'd go play somewhere at the drop of a hat. And didn't matter where it was, if he could make it, he'd be there. And uh, the other the the other story I got on him about <laughs> this was another winter. Uh, this was during the time of the year where it was you know just getting some weather and stuff, and they were calling for a bad storm mm-hmm. uh, the, the night before. And once again, I was nervous to go in. And this was this was after his little quote unquote fender bender. Yeah. Uh. They were calling for a bad storm, and I talked to them the night before. I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get there a little early. That way, I got time in case it, you know, takes a little longer to get in there." He said, "Okay, I'll do the same." Well, he sure took his time because I walked in there at about eight o'clock, and he was asleep in the computer chair. <laughs> that guy had went in there the night before, <laughs> and like I said, in his nineties, he got to the station probably at. 11 or midnight the night before and slept in that computer chair straight up stiff as a board sitting upright just so he could be on the radio and he wouldn't miss it i believe it daniel mullins told me a similar story he did that one time and uh daniel found him here sleeping with with one of roy's desk drawers pulled out using that for a footrest and and Daniel ran back to the house and brought him. A, they had like an army cot kind of thing. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, and Chevy t- tells Daniel he says, "Well, gee, I don't know, son. That thing might not hold me." <laughs> oh my god! But he was just, he was de- he was dedicated to to radio to music with all of his heart and soul and it shined through in everything that he did whether he was sitting in this chair behind this microphone or he was sitting on his showbud seat behind his uh, steel guitar he was always uh, 110 percent heart and soul dedicated to doing what he absolutely loved doing and that was that was country music you nailed it 
country you music, country music all the way around was, uh, uh, you know, you, you hear you hear that old Tex Williams song, uh, Texas in my soul. Well, Chubby Howard's theme was I got country music in my soul because that's that was Chubby through and through. <laughs> and there wasn't in one one way or another. If you were in the music business down here, if you were in the music business one way or another, you had heard of Chubby Howard's name. Yes. Um, there's a guy that I have worked with for years. His name's Carson Chamberlain, and, and y'all have heard me talk about him. He's He started out um, he was playing steel guitar for Leon Everett, and then he <clears throat> played steel for Keith Whitley. And I believe that's one of the, from what I remember Chubby saying, I remember, I think that's where Chubby remembers him from. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I recall I had started writing with Carson Chamberlain when I started coming down here and I'd mentioned, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I've been playing shows up there and I also, I work part time at a little radio station, uh, in Ohio, Southwestern Ohio. And we, we play country, like classic country stuff. Just really cool. It's an amazing place. And, I got a co-host named Chubby Howard. Or, well, I'm his co-host, I said. And Carson looked at me like he, he couldn't believe it. Yeah. He said, Ch- Chubby Howard? Like, the steel player Chubby Howard? And I, and I said, yeah. Now, in mine, uh, remember, Carson is in his early 60s. He mm. said, I saw Chubby Howard at an old steel convention when I was seven years old. Wow or seven or eight, like real young, mm-hmm. he said, Chubby Howard is still on the radio still? And I said, yeah. And it was, <laughs> I, remember, I remember Carson finally came up one weekend and sat in with us, and it was like a little reunion. It, it was it just, all I'd say, a guy like Carson, who hit, produced hit records and played with the biggest, I mean, it, he knew exactly who Chubby Howard was and never forgot it mm-hmm. all those years later. And, I don't know, man. You're going to need a lot longer of a send-off show than what you got today. I yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're gonna. We might. We might have to run this thing till midnight tonight <laughs> with all the stories and uh, all the great memories. Uh, I agree with you. Six hours is just not enough to salute yeah. a man that's spent seventy plus years in in the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just. Uh, it's amazing the history he lived and that he shared with everybody especially like joe was talking earlier in the program with with you and i uh being the young guns so to speak uh chubby uh you know being around all this stuff for so many 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 years and it's like he's he's passed the torch to uh, you and i to to keep real country music going yeah man i just i, I appreciate you having me on and I mean, the, the accolades and the awards and, and uh, <clears throat> just everybody admiring him for the music is one thing, but uh, I'm going to miss I'm going to miss my friend because he was he was a uh, one of the best guys. He I, sure uh, one was one of the best pe- people I have met, and that's that is a whole other um, talent because there's a lot of talented people out there that are jerks, yeah, and are not fun to be around. And Chubby Howard was, uh, golly, what a treat, man! He was he was a lot of, the best of both worlds. Yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll leave you with this. And this 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 is one of my favorites. Um, 
when, when I got married, when me and Holly got married, I think she got married too that day. Um, <laughs> just uh, it was a conversation we had and, and I said, I got to have Chubby to be one of my groomsmen. Mm-hmm. I got to have, I got to have him. And we asked him and he thought that was the coolest thing ever. And he might, we might need to check into this. He might have the record for the oldest groomsman. Um, he would have been, what, what was this day? He would have been 92 years old, and he stood up there just with a big old smile on his face. But the funniest <laughs> thing was, he had lost a tooth the week prior. Okay. So a lot of those pictures, he's smiling, just smiling from ear to ear, and he's missing the tooth right in the front. And, <laughs> and I gave him such a hard time, and he didn't get, he didn't care. He was happy to be there, man. I just, I just love that guy, and he always made me happy, and, and, uh, Josh, just what a good guy. He sure was. Mm. He sure was. We're we're going to miss him, and I know uh, between the two of us, we've probably got we've got enough memories to run to run till midnight on this uh, program today. But uh, Wyatt, it's it's great talking to you, my friend. And uh, anytime you're up in this neck of the woods, I want you to come up here and and sit in this studio with me. I miss seeing you and uh, miss talking to you. And I know I've I've made mention of this before, but uh, I thank you I thank you so very much. I know when you were starting to plan your uh, permanent uh, residence, uh, going down to Nashville, I know uh, you you played a big hand in uh, getting me in here into this chair. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for helping me get in the door here with uh, working with with Chubby. It's uh, something I'll definitely remember for the rest of my life and i'm just i'm grateful to you my friend oh man you deserve it you did a great job i listen to you all the time and, and uh man you, you deserve to be there man and i would love when i'm back up in that neck of the woods i would love to come sit with you and hang out just at least say hey yes sir looking forward to it my friend you take care and say howdy to holly and uh, we'll talk to you later all right all right thank you brother all righty We've been keeping it real for over two decades with no signs of slowing down. Real Roots Radio.